0: So if you want to turn to Luke chapter one, just so you can hold that in your in your Bibles for, for, for now, Luke chapter one. About thirteen years ago, we started a, a new business. Um, by the way, just, just before us go any further, I just thought actually, my name's Keith. By the way, if those who don't know me. <laughs> Hi there. <laughs> um, and uh, I, I sort of, uh, I guess, I, I lead um, this, this church plant that, uh, that is called Freedom Church, that is part of a group of churches called Christ Central Churches, part of New Frontiers. A um, little quick introduction, the have done that probably about half an hour ago, so uh, but there you go. Better late than never. Um, but anyway, about 13 years ago... Um, we opened up a, a, a new business. And uh, we have been living in Northern Ireland at the time, and this great opportunity just came our way. A, a, a premises right in the heart, or right in, near the center of, of Nantwich. Um, and we thought it would be the perfect place to open our optician's business. So the plan was to move over there to, to, uh, to live upstairs and to run the business from downstairs. So Rachel, my wife... Um, She went over first of all. I had still got some work to do. I had to um, just finish off. The job was in for about a week or so. So in about two, three days probably after Rachel had left, I got a phone call from her at 4 a.m. in the morning. Yes, 4 a.m. in the morning. And I'm sort of half awake, half asleep. And she says to me, Keith, I think I'm pregnant. We had been trying for a baby for about five years. We had virtually given up hope that we were ever going to have any children. So this was a complete shock to us. We just, we just we weren't expecting this at all. And I guess it was also probably part of our, our motivation, even for thinking and, and planning to, to even open up, or at least to throw ourselves into this new, new business. So when this, this came to us, I remember thinking, what? What are we doing? What's, what's going on here? So, what do you, how do you react in that situation? Well, I sort of half drowsy, half asleep, just turned over and went back to sleep. Two or three hours later, I awoke thinking, have I been dreaming? have I just imagined that? As, as, was there even a phone call at all? So I, I rang Rachel back quickly to see if it was true. Of course it was. It was true. And then this wave of emotion just comes over me of just excitement of not knowing quite what to think or what, or what on earth is going on here. We have poured every penny we have into this business we, and more. And uh, we we're moving into this flat which hasn't been lived in for 25 years. It's got no kitchen. The floorboards are up. The needs completely rewired. And I'm thinking, what have I done to my wife who's now with child? What, what's going on? And, and the emotions of joy, of excitement, and just fear. Just anxiety, stress, a little bit of terror thrown in there just for, for good measure. You see, the birth of a child changes everything, doesn't it? It really does. The birth of a child changes everything. And over these next couple of weeks as we come up to Christmas, I want to really be looking at some of the responses of those different people to the birth of another baby. His name, of course, is Abel. No, Jesus, right, yeah. (laughs) Jesus and over let, let's read actually, let's, let's, let's read if you turn to if you turn to Luke chapter 1 and we're in verse 26 it says this in the sixth month God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth a town in Galilee to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph a descendant of David The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at this, at his words, and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid. Mary, you have found favour with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you will give him the name Jesus Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. Things are pretty bad in Israel at this particular moment. They're suffering under Roman occupation. But worst of all, God has not spoken to them. There has been no word from God for nearly 400 years. And then as we read in Luke chapter 1, everything is beginning to change, but perhaps in the most unlikely of places. So we meet this girl called Mary. Now, Mary's a very, very ordinary girl. She's a teenager, about the age of 14 or 15, similar age to probably Abby or or, or, uh, Charlie here. And she's engaged to be married. Again, culturally, that was fairly normal at that particular time. And certainly, there is absolutely no indication that this girl is going to be anything other than just a very ordinary, average girl. That was until that moment when an angel appears in her home. I wonder how you would have reacted if you were in Mary's shoes that day. Have you thought about it? How, how would you, you're just doing your, mind your own business and an angel is, is there. How, how, how are you going to feel? Well, the angel greets her and says, favored one, very nice, very polite, doesn't help her much. She is absolutely terrified. She's just, she doesn't know what to think. She doesn't know what, what, what on earth is going on. She is absolutely scared to her wits. I guess for most of us, when we imagine that scene, we've probably already created some sort of picture in our heads and for most of when we think of angels, we're thinking of perhaps a girl or maybe some slightly effeminate man dressed in white with sort of, sort of feathers coming out of his back. Am I right? Something from sort of a, a picture book or, or maybe a film we, we, we've watched at some time. Guys, we need to lose that image completely. This, we need to be thinking more warrior, more soldiers. This is a commander of God's army that has come down, that is standing before Mary. It's not a bit wonder. She's scared. It's not surprising. She's terrified. But also, but also as she stands there, surely as this messenger from God, this, in this moment, heaven in a sense is meeting earth. This is a heavenly being, a carrier of God's presence, a carrier of God's glory. We need to look back a little bit further in the Bible to know what that feels like. We turn to Isaiah chapter 6. We see in Isaiah chapter 6, as Isaiah comes into the presence of God, as he encounters the glory of God in that moment, what happens? He becomes so aware of his sin, he feels so unworthy. In fact, his words are recorded for us. He says, woe is me, I cried. I am ruined. I am a man of unclean lips. I live among a people of unclean lips. And my eyes, have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. But then notice what happens next in verse 5. And the angel says to him, he says, Then one of the seraphims, one of the angels flew to him with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar, And with it, he touched his mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt has been taken away. Your sin has been atoned for. Now, Isaiah knows that he cannot come near to a holy God. He knows he cannot come into the presence of a God who's just, who's righteous. He he, he cannot be there. Why? Because he's a sinner. He's a sinner. He's not worthy to be there. We know that, do we? Because of our sin, because of the condition of our hearts, we are separated from God. That's the way it should be. In fact, it's even worse. Because in meeting that perfect God, Isaiah is expecting death. That's what he deserves because of his sin. He's expecting death. And yet, we read this angel comes to him, he brings him amazing news. The best news. News of salvation. Of hope. Not death. And I wonder as Mary is standing before that angel, does she get a sense of her unworthiness at that moment? Does she feel a sense just of God's presence and therefore her unworthiness to come into that? We certainly know that it's out of her distress, out of her fear that she hears the words, don't be afraid. God's favor, God's blessing is resting on you, Folks, after 400 years of God not speaking, of God being very, very quiet, both to the nation of Israel and to Mary, God is speaking into this most unlikely of situations. In fact, God is speaking into a situation of hopelessness, into a situation of of despair, and God speaks hope, and he speaks salvation. I guess most of us know what it is to experience stress, anxiety in our lives. Yeah? Anybody not? We, 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 I think in our modern society it almost gets worse, doesn't it, as time moves on. We, we, we know, now I'm guessing, just a hunch, I'm guessing that most of us aren't feeling it because of the same reason Mary was. Most of us aren't meeting angels very often. At least I haven't, Okay. But stress comes from a number of different reasons. It can be triggered from, from everything from just a feeling of frustration and nervousness over perhaps events in our lives, situations that we have to deal with, perhaps anxiety over worries and concerns, maybe the finding of a job or even the job we're already in or, or just, you know, it can be just through a social situation. Sometimes that can just really stress us out. Maybe we've got exams coming up or tests coming up at school. Stress comes in many different forms and different ways. So it's not so much will we feel stressed, will we get anxious. The question is how do we deal with those moments when they do come? Because they will and they do. How do we deal with them? I want to suggest four ways, just four simple ways that I think we can read into Mary's response but also into the reassurance of this angel that perhaps, just perhaps, might help us to deal with with those moments the first one is this is that God comes to us yeah God comes to us listen Mary is not expecting an angel at that moment you with me she, she hadn't planned her day out and thinking, right, at half past 11, angel will appear. She, that's not on her agenda at all. There's, she is no, she's not expecting to hear from God. She's not expecting anything whatsoever. God sends his messenger. God comes close. God comes to her and this message this this theme is seen everywhere across the bible god does not wait for you no he pursues you he comes after you in fact it says that when we are lost in our sin god comes he comes near to us he took the initiative He took the initiative in sending his son Jesus into this world as a baby. And as Jesus grew up into a young man, as he walked the streets of Galilee, as he faced the same difficulties and stresses and strains and temptations that you face, he did them without sin. But Jesus was born for a purpose. He was born to die. And as he hung there on that cross... He took your sin. He took my sin, every last one of them. He hung there. He bled. He died for you to buy your freedom, to buy forgiveness. He did it for you. He did it for you. I love the words of Stuart Townsend's song. It says, How deep the Father's love for us! How vast beyond all measure, that he should give his only son to make a wretch his treasure. How great the pain of searing loss, the father turns his face away as wounds which marred the chosen one bring many sons and daughters to glory. Is that the cross is the hope for our city. Do you believe it? The cross of Jesus Christ is the hope for our city. There is no other way to the Father but through Jesus. There's our hope. A hope that comes to us. A hope that comes near. And listen, perhaps the greatest antidote to fear, to stress in our lives is knowing that you are loved by the Father, that you are loved by God. Listen, he loves you. He loves you unconditionally. He loves you. The question is, have you responded to him? Do you do you know him? It's just a step of faith. It's a simple prayer. It does start with admitting you've got a problem, that you're a sinner, that you, you need some help. And then, In repentance, we turn from that sin and we turn to Jesus, our hope, the one who sacrificed himself for us. And as we give our life to him, he's there for you. He will save you. He brings victory. He brings hope. He brings freedom into your life. Guys, here's a great antidote for fear and for stress. The second thought I want to leave with you is that God's, timetable is very different from our timetable. Mary, just like the rest of the Jewish nation, she's waiting for the coming of the Messiah. They're hoping for a king. Now, they're thinking political. They're thinking military. They're thinking if somebody's going to come and overthrow this Roman sort of... Um, authority that's what they're thinking yet the, the, the kingdom that jesus brings is so much better than any military or political solution because his kingdom it never ends it never ends but they're asking the question where are you god we haven't heard from him. Where, where's, where's God in all of this? What's God doing? God, we, we want you, we need you, we're, we're crying to you, but God, why are you not answering us? Listen, guys, God's timing is very different to our timing. He doesn't make mistakes, He doesn't run to our timetable. And so often we are like that, aren't we? We're wondering, God, why don't you do something in this situation? Maybe even this week you've got something happening. You're thinking, God, I just want you to come and intervene. We've got all the answers. We think we know exactly what God needs to do to solve all our problems, but God just doesn't do it. So where is he? And and, and that's often the way we pray. It's often the way we're thinking. Isn't God cannot be manipulated? And he certainly doesn't run to our timetable or even to our way of thinking. He is sovereign. He is Lord over all. And the purposes of God often develop slowly because his grand design is never hurried. There's an old preacher called Philip Brooks. He was supposed to be known for his patience, for his quiet demeanor, his, his manner. But even he sometimes would, would get frustrated and, and irritable and, and angry. And one day he's pacing up and down his room like a, like a caged lion. And somebody comes to him and says, says what's, what's the trouble, Mr. Brooks? He says, The trouble is I'm in a hurry, but God isn't. I'm in a hurry but God isn't. I, for one, can identify with that. You know, I would love God just to do things the way I want it, done. You know, I get impatient with him sometimes, and yet God's ways are always the best ways, and God knows. And perhaps the second antidote to fear, to stress, to anxiety is that we need to learn to patiently wait on God. To learn to patiently wait on God. He is in control. Isaiah 40, verse 31. But those who hope in the Lord, the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Third thought is this, is that God just surprises us. He's he's a god of surprises. I wonder if you were God, how would you have connected with this world? Have you ever thought about it? Don't mean to be don't think I'm being a reverend here, okay I'm just making a point, okay? How, how, you, you know what we could have done? We could have just got the, you open up the skies, perhaps, some lightning and plenty of lights and, and some fireworks going on, and then do something with those planets, you know, just mess them around a little bit just to get people's attention. And then, after that, those hosts of angels, Wow, we could have done something absolutely spectacular. Big show, music, lights, just the whole drama could be, the whole world could have seen it, and then, da da God could have appeared. Listen. God sends one angel to a teenage girl in the middle of nowhere and says to her, you're pregnant. She says, I'm not. I've never slept with a man. I've never had sex with a man. I've never touched a man. I'm not. You are. You are. It's shocking, isn't it? Isn't it? It's it's the most surprising thing. Mary did not see that coming. (laughs) Did she? She did not see that coming. And God can never be boxed in. He can never be contained into our framework of thinking. God is way above that. And he chose to bring and to come into this world as a baby. A vulnerable baby who needs to be fed, to be looked after, to be lifted, to be led, to be cared for. The most vulnerable way of entering this world God is full of surprises and shocks and we can never we can never get our head round almighty God we can't Some of us think we we, we get to know him a little bit better and discover that he is just so much greater, so much more amazing than we could ever possibly begin to understand. He stands outside of nature. He stands outside of time itself. And listen, what looks impossible for you is absolutely possible with God. And perhaps this week you're just thinking, you know what, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. There's something that you're thinking, it's just I'm feeling the stress already, even as Keith's standing up here speaking, I just don't know how I'm going to get through this. Listen, God is the God of the impossible. You believe it? He's the God of the impossible. Perhaps the third antidote is found in Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20. It says, he, that is God, God, Is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine. That's our God. That's our God. The fourth thought is this God keeps his promises. King David was the greatest king that Israel, greatest king of Israel's history. But by the time of the events of Luke chapter 1 are beginning to unfold, David's been dead for a thousand years. His kingdom has been completely destroyed. But still, Gabriel is concerned to point out that Mary's child will reign on David's throne as a true and a mighty king over God's people. Some of you may remember back to we, over the summer week we went through the book of Ruth. The book of Ruth finishes with the word David. And we said at that particular point that it's pointing towards the coming of a king. Of a great king. And King David was chosen by God. To lead his people into a promise, keeping obedience, into blessing And as we've said, he truly was the greatest of all of the Old Testament kings, but he was not the king. There was a greater king that was still to come. And as Mary is standing with this angel, as they're having this conversation, in that moment we are witnessing the fulfillment of that promise. Because as Jesus comes, he comes in fulfillment of all of the Old Testament promises. All of the Old Testament has been leading up to this point, to this amazing point, when Jesus will enter this world as a baby, when he will come and connect with humanity. Listen. In Jesus Christ, all authority and all power is found. And he is the one who reigns on high. Truly, Jesus' kingdom will never end. And as Jesus went to that cross, he died. But he rose again. And he ascended up into heaven. And now he reigns alive and well over this world, over this universe. He is Lord, God of all, truly king over everything. In fact, the words of Jesus say, it says all authority in heaven and on earth have been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Listen. God's promises can be trusted. And knowing that the mighty, almighty God, the ruler of this universe, has promised and said, I'm with you. And if you know him, if you've asked him into your heart, listen, he is with you. He loves you. The question for you today as we finish I guess, what are you fearful of? What are the things that are concerning you and worrying you? You know, so often fear begins to grip us, takes a hold of us. As we said at the beginning, you know the the promise of a baby changes everything, and that is particularly true of Jesus, is it not? Because in Jesus Christ, we find one who we can truly trust And perhaps instead of letting fear control us or their stresses or worries or anxiety control us, we need to learn to wait patiently on God, the God of the impossible, the God who loves you, the God who can, who is to be trusted. So I want to pray just as we finish. If you're happy, just stand with me. I hope that, that God, is, by His Spirit, has been at work in, in our hearts, in our, in our lives, has taken something of what I've said and just planted it into our hearts, that it will change us. Perhaps this week, as you look ahead of this week, there's going be something that you're going to come up against, you know it's going to be difficult or challenging, or perhaps just you've come here already just feeling stressed. I just want to pray God's blessing. I want to pray God's peace over you right now, guys. If that's if that's you, if you want to just particularly to remember to pray, you want to just either look up at me or just raise your raise your hand and just pray specifically. Father in heaven, we stand in your presence, knowing that you are good knowing that you come near to us and you sometimes surprise us, but knowing that you love us more than we can ever know. So, Father, I pray now by your Spirit, Lord, begin to just work in lives. Lord, those who are struggling with stress and strain, those who have got issues, Lord, that need dealt with this week, Lord, those who are crying for you to come and step into their situation, I pray, Lord, now in Jesus' name, you hear their prayers. And Lord, we just believe that you will intervene. That you will provide the strength to keep going, the courage to move on, or even, Lord, just to intervene completely in that situation. So, Lord, we pray now in your precious name, Lord, giving you glory and honor. We give you thanks. Amen. Amen.